I'm so grateful. And I, I think you really put things into perspective when you go through something like that. And yeah, it's it's pretty incredible what what it does to you mentally as well. You know, both when you're going through it, but then, you know, in hindsight, kind of looking back. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Rheumatoid Solutions Podcast with Clint Patterson, helping you to live an easier, healthier, and happier life. Hello, beautiful friends. We have a great story today about inflammatory arthritis reduction. Our guest is Mike from the UK, and he has been extremely methodical and disciplined with his approach to inflammation reduction. And we have lots to learn from him. And we're going to dedicate a lot of time in this episode, uh, listening to his advice and suggestions about all the things that worked for him. And it's going to be fun. So thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you, Clint. So I guess in terms of the, the journey today, um to keep it brief started with ongoing back pain uh which lasted well was was going on for maybe a, around a year or so um and it, it got to the point where physios didn't seem to be able to, to kind of course correct anything and one in particular suggested you know i, I think you should see a rheumatologist there, there's a few things that are um yeah I, I i guess cropping up and I, I think that's a good path um i i guess fast forward um once in the rheumatologist's office blood tests um and progression of uh pain and inflammation into i, I think 14 joints um in in wow. total um you know was bed bound couldn't really, you know, dress myself. Um, you know, really struggling to to walk and 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 the like. Um, so, found the Addison program. Um, made some very drastic changes in in terms of lifestyle. Um, a you know very gradual and and slow return to exercise and. You know, I'm just over, I'd say, 18 months and I'm, well, blood markers are down from uh, CRP 65.8, I think it was, to uh, 0.7 and um, cleared all of the, the inflammation from um my body uh i've got some kind of residual tendonitis that i'm working through with my achilles and um yeah but drug free and kind of feeling like myself again that is amazing it's the sort of thing that you just in the medical community just never hear right and so whilst in our community and over the years of sharing, you know, stories on this podcast, you know, we've heard, you know, quite a lot of stories like this, but the medical community, this is still like, this is still like a blue moon kind of experience. But what we're going to cover next in, in listening to you is that this was all very, very, very laid out like a mission. Your um, documentation inside the support forum, which is where we first connected, it makes for very interesting reading as I went back going through before we we started today. Do you have a science background or a, a, a sort of an engineering background? Because the way that you sort of uh, planned out everything looked like you had a sort of a very logical brain. I, I, I don't. I, I think um, secondary school science is probably the, the extent <laughs> of it. Um, but yeah, but maybe I, I bring that into my work. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think for me, I, I like to have a plan. Um, and, and I think from, you know, the moment of, of diagnosis, it's, um, of course, a, a bit of a shock to the system. But I think the the best way of then, you know, thinking about how to move forward is, okay, what, what's the plan? And, and, and what, what do I need to now do over the next, you know, 24 hours, the next week, the next month, and, you know, so on. Right. Okay. So let's let's move through your story fairly quickly because I want to get to um I want to tap your brain on some things that are actionable for for people. Um just over a couple of minutes or so, just share you did start methotrexate um uh, in parallel to the lifestyle changes. Um and you're recently off methotrexate after a a sort of a tapering process. Uh, tell us about the methotrexate experience that you had. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess it started with when I was originally in with the rheumatologist. Um, see, I'd been having back and my SI joint um, were, were really giving me some, some grief. And then it started to spread to my knees and at the time, I was just on a, an anti-inflammatory, um, a, ter- a, t- a toricoxib, it's called. And uh, the rheumatologist was kind of floating the idea of methotrexate. And, um, you know, here's some leaflets to take away. You know, it should be your choice. But, you know, you, you need to know um, the side effects and, you know, some potential implications of, of going on to it. So... Uh, it, it doesn't make for for great reading, and I, I absolutely was, um, you know, intent on a- avoiding it. And you know, within a couple of weeks, really, from getting the leaflets, um, kind of all hell broke loose. Essentially, um, knees just kind of blew up like um, watermelons, you know, just uh, my elbow the same. I had um, PMJ issues with my jaw, so I couldn't eat and could barely open my mouth to brush my teeth, you know, Um, and I had inflammation in um, my kind of sternum, sternoclavicular joint I think they call it so yeah so was in a bit of a mess and had a a, a blood test and this was kind of before the Christmas period um 2021 and then I had an appointment with a rheumatologist kind of first sort of week back in January um and she said how are you feeling and I was like, not not good. Um, Christmas has been rough. You know, I was pretty much laid up most of that Christmas and, and New Year. And she said, well, your bloods have gone through the roof and methotrexate now, you know, it, it can't really be a discussion. You you need to you need to get onto it because uh, we just cannot um, sort of suppress that level of inflammation through anything other than a, a disease modifier. So I, I kind of reluctantly said, okay, um, because, you know, I, I was in a bit of a state and, um, yeah, started with um, 10 milligrams for the first, I think it was like three weeks and then up to 20 milligrams for, yeah, pretty much um, just over a, a year. Okay. And um, what was the tape? How did it make you feel? Was it effective? And what was the tapering process like? Yeah, so I, I think I, I started um, at a time when I, I think the disease was really kind of um, active. So I, I didn't notice any particular change. And if anything, you know, I, I, I was getting worse. Um, but appreciated that I think it takes a, a good few weeks to really start getting into your system anyway. I, I think, so I, I took it every Wednesday and noticeable that on a, a Thursday, I, I would feel, you know, pretty rough, um, a, a bit, sometimes I'd have stomach pain and um, kind of brain fog. I couldn't 
I don't know, I, I just didn't feel sharp and um, didn't really feel myself at, at work and really just wanted to, I, I think that was maybe one of the, the real influences on me thinking about, I can't, I can't be on this for forever. I, I need to look at alternatives and, and drug three drug free kind of therapy to to really you know dial up um and and kind of shift the needle so yeah and I, I guess we can talk about that in in terms of the tapering so after at the end of the summer last year um I, I was starting to see some real improvement um from a lot of the 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 exercise and certainly kind of dietary changes um you know strength back and I, I kind of I, I actually did some research as well because I think my blood markers were were falling um so that was all heading in the right direction but I, I was getting tendonitis um in a lot of the joints where I'd had you know the real sort of higher inflammation and kind of synovitis um but i don't think and obviously I, i'm no doctor so don't quote me on this but i, I i'm pretty sure i read somewhere um that methotrexate's kind of effectiveness on tendonitis is next to nothing um so i, I think that prompted me to be like well if it's not going to solve for the tendonitis and maybe I need to be thinking more about sort of upping the resistance training and loading through tendons and you know, stuff like that to kind of be the, the route out. Um, so I started tapering. I, I didn't want to just drop it completely because of course I'm sure it played a, a huge part in bringing my inflammation down. So I started, um, tapering two and a half milligrams every I think it was every four weeks um and just continually did that maybe that was a bit too fast um I, I've heard other people you know taking it a little slower but um yeah that took me up until about a month ago where where I finished taking it and yeah the last sort of four weeks I've been drug drug free and you haven't noticed anything since you started tapering several months ago? No, no, nothing. Let's talk about uh, diet and exercise and let's let's enter in straight into this category of like what, what I mean, you mentioned that the, the drug played a role, um, but what else was crucial to be getting you into position where now you're not taking the drug? but you're in a wonderful position compared to before taking the drug in a nightmarish position because something's changed internally. Obviously, the, dr the drug will assist in getting some symptoms down, but as, you know, if you're only looking at it from that position, some, you know, that's not going to, uh, uh, you know, fix the underlying cause. The, the other sources of inflammation relief have apparently done that. So let's talk diet, exercise, and 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 everything else that you did. Uh, tell us what to do. <laughs> uh, so diet was a, a drastic change. Um, I was a big, you know, meat eater. Um, loved the steak. Loved the burger. Loved, I, I guess, a, a lot of um, just really bad food you know chips and um i think i'm, I'm one of those that I, i've always exercised a lot so I, i've been able to kind of get away with maybe not eat having the best diet um and maybe not seeing the, the effects of it um obviously i, I think I, i've paid for it um maybe with it contributing to this but I, I shifted pretty much overnight from um, yeah that sort of diet to whole food, plant based. Um, obviously, so um, followed the Patterson program to the the Absolute 
um, letter. So started with um, the two-day juice cleanse and then on to the baseline, which, yeah, in the depths of winter, I think it was January when I started, um, it, it was rough. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think we have choices every single day of everything you know there's so many like scenarios that are thrown our way and i I think with just that change and choosing to kind of nourish my body with greens and um, leaves i mean that felt like the extent of it for a good few weeks um I, I just felt like I, I was doing the right thing. Um, so obviously it's a, a kind of staged program. So, you know, you, you've got something to look forward to and you, you've just got to kind of get your head down and, and plow through. Certainly, I, I think it's those first few weeks, which are, are fairly limited. So from there started, I guess, systematically adding you know new foods waiting seeing if there was a reaction add something else and you know right up until the 180 day mark or 90 days or or, or whatever and you know just gradually doing that and yeah obviously completely cut out um oils and um alcohol any yeah processed food anything like that and yeah that that was kind of the maybe the first six months was really strict and then I think from from there we had a few holidays that that came up and that came up we we booked them and and I was nervous you know about traveling and would there be places that would cater for me or um, even places that would have like a, a vegan or plant-based diet and um, menu but through research and just a bit of planning before we went away you know we, we've absolutely been able to to find places and you know there's stuff that unfortunately you've just got to miss out on and mm. I, I think having been through what I've been through and the level of pain, you know, it's very easy to pass up on on anything and just think, do you know what? Um, once upon a time, I would have loved that and got stuck right in. But um, do you know what? I, I, I'll sit here with my salad and enjoy it and know that, you know, I, I'm hopefully not going to be in pain tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I've continued with, with that. Um, definitely yeah. have... How far have you gotten with the reintroductions? Like, are you now eating like potatoes, corn, a whole bunch of different starchy based foods, beans, lentils, and lots of things like this? Yeah, um, pretty much all of that and um, a, a lot of variety. So, I'm pretty intentional about every day trying to, you know, get as much variety in um, kind of along the lines of uh, Dr. Gregor's sort of um advice and yeah it's it seems to have you know done the job as I've gone back fairly kind of intent intently into the exercise space um I've been supplementing with a plant-based protein uh which is completely derived from vegetables um pretty clean and no yeah, and that's one thing I've really noticed. I look at the back of everything, and you know, if there's a word I can't pronounce or numbers where there should be foods, numbers, <laughs> I'm just like, no thanks. That's great. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Uh, all right, let's talk exercise, uh, and then we'll, and then I'll get you to sort of rattle off uh, other other things uh, that that have helped you, but. I loved what you said around the tendonitis and the methotrexate. I've not researched that, but intuitively that would seem to make sense. 
So yes, I I I don't know, but uh, but if you if you've seen that somewhere, I mean, intuitively that 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 would make sense. So what we do know is that exercise does reduce tendonitis when it's done correctly. It's kind of one of these. It, it needs to be a gradual thing. I've found that uh, uh, I get tendonitis in both elbows if I'm not careful, because as I push things at the gym with monkey bars and things like this. That if I uh, if I'm not careful, that I develop tendonitis, and then I go back and I have to do sort of a rehab routine on my elbows, which is some simple exercises, uh, and just to get things uh, settled again, which work very effectively. So, I love exercise as a way to reduce inflammation in the joints. It's we we just go straight for the target. Uh, so, which exercises did you use for which joints, and what worked? Well, I feel like this is a big topic. Um, yeah. and, and I think for me, I, I, I played football for, I don't know, since I was eight years old. And, you know, exercise has always been such a, a, a huge part of my life. And to go from, you know, still up until everything sort of, I started falling apart, I was still playing football um so yeah it it was always kind of for me one of the most important things to get back exercising and you know feeling myself again but I knew it was going to be a, a bit of a journey so I, I was seeing a, a physio <laughs> and just thinking back now I'd go in to, to see her and she'd just almost be in despair. Like, I, I actually just don't know what to do with you. Um, so we got to a, a stage where she, she was just in, advising me on exercises to do in a swimming pool. So like hydrotherapy, um, because I, I couldn't, I couldn't walk. I couldn't straighten my, my legs um, where the inflammation was was so bad and just by being in the pool and walking up and down and kind of moving my joints through a, a range of motion one just I don't know kind of um made me feel like I was doing something but it, it was I, I think for me just more about starting to set a, a routine because I think had I gone straight into the gym, you know, as I started to to kind of rehabilitate, you know, it would have been a little demoralizing just not being able to do anything in there. And so I, I started with that kind of hydrotherapy, um, would just go, you know, every day to, to the gym. And luckily enough, um, it has a swimming pool. Um, at that time as well, I, I'd lost, I'd lost like over 10 kilos in the space of probably four or five weeks um i think that the inflammation was just sort of eating me up constantly waking up in the night you know sweating and yeah and i think obviously moving to a a, a fairly restricted diet in, in those initial stages um the, the weight just fell off me so i'm walking up and down this swimming pool like a, a bag of bones feeling a, a little bit useless to be honest um but you know it, it was sort of a means to the next step so um the next step from there was starting to do hot yoga um so it's not a, a bikram class in particular uh, but they do hatha and then there's vinyasa as well, but I, I kind of joined those um, hatha classes, and I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like just being in there. You know, it was warm enough that you'd start to work up a bit of a sweat. I, I couldn't do everything, um, but I, you know, do some modifications and variations of of stuff. And again, that was like okay, I'm, I'm doing something here. Um, I, I do remember just lying in a class and just, I, I don't know, barely being able to get back up. You know, they're like, get get down on your, lie on your back. And 
I don't know, close your eyes for 30 seconds and and then we'll meet in a seated position. And I, I, was like, I can't get up. And it, it was one of those that was really humbling, you know, just not like at the time 33 years old, I should be in the the peak of of you know my, my physical um sort of existence and I, I can't get up off the floor. So I, I knew that it was just patience and you know persistence. So I, I was probably doing maybe five classes a, a week and then you know going in the pool afterwards and then that w- was kind of the pattern for maybe two two and a half months and then it was time to get back in the gym um and my knees were still in really bad really bad way um but the stationary bike was kind of the the first thing to that I kind of gravitated towards so you know it was almost embarrassing I could barely like, like bend over to tie my feet into the pedals um and then once I did that I'd, I'd maybe do I don't know like 600 meters and then I'd be like this is this is enough kind of thing and then slowly building it up building it up and there's there's kind of like these um I don't know they're a, a bit more basic stationary bikes and in, in the gym that I go to, and then there's a whole kind of um, section of they're called what bikes. So that they essentially are the closest thing to a road bike. Uh, I think they were developed by like the GB cycling team, um, and there would always be classes uh, going on. I'm sat on this bike, you know, doing barely any distance at no resistance. Uh, but watching this like pack of you know gym goers sweating away and powering through this class and straight away I was like that's that's a goal um I, I need to be doing that class and in there and you know that's something to aim towards so from there gradually building up um the distance and the resistance on on the bike uh, I, I just found it to be such a, a breakthrough for my knees in particular, but I, I think just it, it was the first time I was really starting to sweat, you know, as I started to kind of push past the the kind of 10K mark, I, I sort of felt like, okay, the it was almost like the sweat is like the disease kind of coming out of you sort of thing so um and before this call i've literally just walked in from one of those what bike classes um which which i've been doing bless you um for i don't know probably the the last sort of nine months or so now um and it's just kind of been a a game changer I, i think so the cycling's been really important um in terms of resistance training, I think that's been equally important, but started again very slow. I think I was doing, um, I had a stack of cushions on the, the sofa in our, our living room, and I, I would just sort of try and get up off them and then come back down. And you know, I'd do that 10 times and then. I'd do another 10 and then I'd do another 10 and then I'd realize, okay, I did too much. So you you need to kind of find that balance. And I think you very quickly start to learn um, when you do overdo it and you start to aggravate um, things. But I, I found those helpful just to not to build some strength back. Cause when I lost all of that weight I lost a lot of um, muscle mass as well Um, and I think trying to just stick to some like functional movement was a a priority so uh, tendonitis and well I had real bad inflammation in my, my right elbow and could barely you know hold a, a cup with you know 
water in it um it, it was that bad and you know through a, a lot of the kind of push um exercises the the sort of i started with the uh like the machines in the gym i wasn't really doing free weights because i felt like a bit more supported with the um like the machine chest press in in particular and started again with like five kilograms or something like measly like that and just you know pushing through <clears throat> that range of, of motion and again maybe doing too much realizing and then kind of coming back again um but i i I, I think after sort of learning that a few times, realizing that okay, I, I'm not what I once was in terms of strength, and it's a process to to get back to it. So, um, yeah, incrementally started building it up, and as um, I started to feel stronger, moved on to more free weights and you know bench pressing and squatting um, again kind of sticking to all functional movement um pull-ups um yeah really trying to not put my joints into any sort of awkward positions you know you see some people in the gym doing some pretty remarkable things that don't look like um your body is is made to do um so yeah just basically stuck to the basics and it, it seems to have you know treated me well and um yeah i think both the cycling and resistance training has probably been or, or had the biggest impact for me and what are you capable of now with the resistance training um and also with the uh stationary bike I mean, you mentioned so, pull up. I mentioned you mentioned pull ups. That's piqued my interest because they are normally reserved for the sort of upper level of physical ability of people at the gym, not people who have only a year and a half ago been, you know, absolutely crippled. So that I mean, that's incredible. So I just want to see just how far you've come. Yeah. So um in terms of the resistance training, so I'm probably squatting um, my body weight, so around 75 kilos. Um, the chest, like bench press, um, around 90 kilos. Um, and then in terms of cycling, I may be doing... 80k uh 80 kilometers a week and yeah i've got a a race or a ride coming up in at the end of may which is a uh, 100 miles um so I'm, I'm kind of training for that and uh yeah there's a group of us doing it so uh, again another goal to to kind of set um but yeah doing some fairly kind of significant distance now on on the bike and that's obviously a road race right so you'll be out in a pack of people doing a uh, did you say a hundred or 80 mile a uh, hundred miles hundred yeah. mile yeah so a hundred mile race is this going to be the first actual road race or have you been practicing for these as well with your team so it will be the first road race and um, i mean it's not much of a team it's just a, a, a couple of mates but um yeah we'll uh we'll be dressed up like a team Let, let's put it that way <laughs> wonderful okay great so you know the transformation as i listen to this is is absolutely insane so you've you've you know gone from you know struggling to do anything other than move your body slowly through a pool to now about to ride a 100 mile race and you're doing pull-ups, uh, very impressive squats, bench press at the gym, no pain, no drugs. I mean, when you hear that sort of stated back like that, I mean, what's, how do you reflect on this transformation? <laughs> um, 
I'm so grateful and I, I think you you really put things into perspective when you go through something like that and you know I'd just I don't know find myself just smiling about being able to just go for a cycle and, and not be in pain and um yeah it's it's pretty incredible what what it does to you mentally as well you know both when you're going through it but then you know in hindsight kind of looking back so yeah feel great that you know I, I've come out the other side but equally know that you know the the job's not done and there's uh still a, a lot of kind of consistency that I mean needs to be lifelong um now and I, I think uh, I don't know if maybe you could go as far as saying it, it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise because of the change to you know my lifestyle and um I think for my overall health and maybe longevity I might have done myself a, a, a few favors who knows I could get hit by a bus next week so <laughs> you never know um but I I, I do think it's um had a, a pretty big impact on me and yeah I I also don't want to get carried away because you know there, there's still um some goals that I've got set for this year and um obviously like I mentioned I, I've got those uh couple of sort of niggling issues like with my Achilles and um my perineal tendon on the the kind of outside of the it kind of runs from the outside of your leg down to the side of your foot sort of around your ankle um so just those two and you know, I, I've gone to see a, a new physio um someone who's a specialist in like foot and ankle um and tendon issues and he's seems to think I just saw him this week uh, he seems to think that I could be you know running within the next three months um so that that's a real you know that's a huge goal for me um I had to stop playing football when this all started and I've still got my football boots in the back of the car and every time I open the back of the boot of the car, I see my football boots and I've not thrown them out. And, you know, I've I've said I'm not retiring from football um, unless it's on my terms. So they will stay in the back of the car until I'm able to play a, a game again. Um, and that might be the last game I, I ever play, but. Yeah, I purposely have left them in the back of my car. Um, just as another reminder, every time I open, yeah. open it, it's like, okay, if you want to play football again, um, no messing around and stick to stick to what's working. Well, a couple of suggestions and a warning. Um, when I first developed symptoms for rheumatoid and I had not yet been to the rheumatologist, I had pa the painful feet, um, stiffness in my body, and I hadn't played touch rugby or or touch football, you know, if we want to <laughs> confuse our audience with the word football, but touch rugby, let's say, uh, in, a, in probably like six or seven years. And so I was just turned 31. And all my buddies from college, you know, like, let's get a such football team going again and uh, and of course I used to be I used to actually captain our college team and so I I said oh yeah I haven't played since the last saw you guys let's let's get into it and I'd, I'd only been on the field for about 10 minutes and I tried to sidestep someone and blew my ACL and they could hear the pop from the sideline it was just awful and uh that in combination with my uh uh, the beginning of RA symptoms, put me in a terrible way. It was like the worst mm. possible start. So um, 
I so that I don't think will happen because you've been training and I hadn't been exercising much in the years leading up to that, but you've been training and developing leg strength and uh and and stability and so on. So just first of all, uh take it easy. And then the, my suggestion, because I I was thinking as you were saying, might be to treat it like you did when you were onboarding your exercise for the first time. Mm. Maybe just come on as a substitute and play for five or ten minutes and then yeah. and then sub yourself back off again. And in that five or ten minutes, you'll probably get 80% of the joy that you would have if you'd played the whole game. With yeah. with only a fraction of the risk of injury or post-game problems. And then you say, next week I'm gonna substitute myself on for 12, 15 minutes, right? And 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 do it the same way you did with your exercise. Just ramp up the minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it, it it's something that I've got an eye on, but I'm in no yeah. rush. Um I, I've you know waited this long so it, it can yeah. it can wait yeah it, it's becoming apparent that you do like to set goals and visualize things and play the mental side of this pretty well are there other things within that category that you can share with us that have worked or that feel like they work like the football boots in the back of the car are there other things uh, like you've mentioned like observing the the almost the 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 pack of warriors on their bikes and wanting to be there and visualizing that other other things along these lines um i i think creating habits and behaviors was something you know even when i started going back to the gym I wasn't really doing a huge amount, but I think the routine of, you know, just getting up out of the flat and getting out and going there, um, regardless of, you know, the weather or how tired I was, it, it just had to be done. And I think that there, there are things that just have to become non-negotiable and other stuff has to go by the wayside, you know, like with the diet and I think having a strong sort of support system around you, people that are going to, you know, help you in, in that and accommodate things and understand if you can't, you know, go out for dinner for somebody's birthday and, you know, all of that stuff that, of course, I'd love to be doing, but I'm on a mission here, so I'm sorry. Um, I'll see you at, at the next birthday. And you, you kind of have to just get a bit selfish um, as, you know, as much as people don't want to be that person, you, you kind of have to put yourself sort of front and centre. And I, I think having, you know, that support, um, a partner that, uh, you know was just there who actually i've got to say um was an absolute dream you know she went vegan the day that i did and was like i'm in this with you she didn't do like the juice cleanse and all the baseline or anything like that but you know it just makes it so much easier and um you know helping with obviously like preparing meals but looking at recipes for things and you know getting creative with how we could do like a sweet potato curry for example and um yeah th those sorts of things re really helped i think having the understanding that things will get better and i think recognizing when you've achieved something even when it's really small i think can do just so much for like your mental well-being and help you realize that there is a, a a way out and whilst it won't all come at once it might be okay i'm feeling a bit of an improvement in my finger <laughs> 
that's great. And I, I think it helps as well when, you know, you're putting the hours in and the sort of hard graft and there'd be times where I'm like close to being sick on that bike um, because of, you know, how intense it is. And all I'm thinking about is, well, think how good I'm going to feel this time next year. And and that's just what gets me through it. Um, so I, I think recognizing those sort of small wins and helping them fuel your kind of ongoing work that, that needs to go in. And, and I, I think that's it. You, you just got to have the mindset of this isn't easy and no one's going to do it for you. And you know, my experience with the sort of healthcare system and you know, some physios that I've seen, uh, it's quite transactional. You know, you're in, um, there's a moment in time, they, you know, assess you and say, make a recommendation and then you're gone. So then for the rest of that month, maybe, or two weeks until you see them again, no one else is there to, you know, kind of coach you through anything. Um, and I, I think the research and purposefully educating myself on first, you know, what the hell is this? I remember when that physio said you need to go and see a rheumatologist. I was like, I don't even know what, what a rheumatologist is um, or what they specialize in. And um, I, I think really getting to grips with the disease. And of course, you know, the internet can be a, a great place full of amazing things. You know, it's where I discovered the Patterson program, which I'm truly grateful for. But there's so many like um, almost bordering sort of poisonous forums where, you know, all people do is talk about how terrible their life is and how, you know, their I don't know, maybe in a wheelchair and, you know, you're reading this stuff and thinking, oh God, like I, I, this, this cannot be happening to me. So I've really drifted towards the science and, you know, the fact behind everything. And I, I've not been a part of any, I mean, I don't have Facebook and don't really use social media a, a huge amount, but uh, a lot of people said you should join a forum and you can talk about your experience with other people. And I don't know, I, I don't want to talk about how rough I feel and I don't really want to hear about how rough other people are feeling because it's not benefiting. You know, some people I, I think maybe do in terms of getting stuff off their chest. Um, I, I don't, I'm not that sort of person. And I think action is what, really kind of um really drives me so I, I think of course there are some things that will feel maybe intuitive to to be doing but through the research and hearing from you know people like yourself and you know, other people whether it's on podcasts or um you know on youtube you can really get to I, I guess the end goal quicker because you're learning from other people's experiences um you know ways that they've overcome things you're thinking about the anatomy you know how your muscles connect with your tendons to your bones and you know it, it's all of that sort of stuff that you then start thinking okay well if this hurts then these are the muscles that support that joint and I, I've lost all of that muscle, then I need to build it up. And, you know, therefore these are the exercises and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I, I think that's, that's really, really helps. One thing I enjoyed in something you were saying there is about how you were going so hard on the bike that you felt like you could vomit however you thought about in the future how good you're going to be in a year's time my question around that is do you feel that generally as a community we uh, err on the side of under exertion with exercise than over exertion 
And have you ever felt that you've over-exercised or, in your opinion, do you think that we should all be striving to be as absolutely as fit as possible and as strong as possible? Uh, so I, I I feel like I've certainly in those first few months um, maybe over-exercised on a fairly regular basis. And, and I think uh, it's very easy to get excited when you start the, Oh, I can, I can do this now. And I'm the kind of person that just then takes it too far. Um, but like I said, I, I've kind of learned from that, but I, I, I feel, and, and even when my knees first blew up, it's almost like your immediate reaction is, oh, well, I better rest. I need to put my feet up and, you know, just relax. And that Christmas that I mentioned when I was, yeah, kind of falling apart, that, that's what I did. I spent the whole of that period just with my feet up, hoping that somehow the inflammation would just like drain. I don't know where it was going to be draining to, but um I think very quickly it became apparent that, that that's not an answer. And I, I personally, you know, right now, I think in terms of fitness, I, I'm probably, you know, fitter than I was before any of this. Um, I'm definitely lifting, I'd say maybe more weight than I was, but I'm lighter um and I, I do think that i've seen significant results from really you know pushing it um and that's maybe not going to be the case for everyone i, I don't know but I, I think it's there's always a goal to be in in my head anyway and once you've done something and maybe you've kind of scraped over the finish line and you know it is exhausting then it's like okay well there needs to be then progression on that and you know with cycling in particular you can you're kind of measured by um something called ftp and i, I can't even remember what it stands for functional training percentage something like that um and you know I, I started relatively low um and these numbers made me nothing but generally they'd say kind of double your body weight in kilograms and that's usually a good starting place so i was sort of hovering in and around the the kind of 150 mark um that's now up to 250 um and then you know that that's great and that's hard um but then it's like okay well olympic cyclists are doing like i don't know their thresholds are like 400 or close to 500 and then it's like okay well there's still some room for improvement um so yeah. i i think obviously i'm sort of a bit tongue-in-cheek there but i think it's dangerous just to kind of settle and just be like okay that's enough now I, I've, I've reached my maximum um, and of course like with strength training there's, there's only ever going to be a certain amount that you can lift but um it's then thinking about oh okay well what's my form like am I really now just focusing in on the quality of what I'm doing and no, in turn that may increase to okay now i can push out an extra rep um and and i think that's that kind of continuous improvement is always something that i'm kind of striving for with with, with my approach to all of this yeah i love that and i completely agree personally across the board with everything that you've just said there about this i believe that we can always be striving for an improvement, even if our joints limit us to only very light weights and very low reps. We can work, as you said, on the quality of those reps. Um, and then we might find that if we go and try a little bit of a different exercise that puts some emphasis on some of the supporting muscles, 
that we can come back to that other exercise and we may do another half rep or another rep and so on. So I do think that that we should always be trying to do more and it doesn't necessarily mean more weight, but just being able to demonstrate some improvements. Um, it goes so far for mental health to see some improvements in our body when often we are consumed with things that are worsening with our body or worrying about our body. And then what I love is that there is almost no upward limit for fitness. So when you're talking about that uh, that marker with regards to cycling, yeah, if we can, you know, if it's not affecting the joints, then aiming for more and more endurance and fitness, then we're talking about cardiovascular health. And the studies are, are really clear on this. They make me laugh because the science is like, in, a, in an area where they're never in any other area, which is there's no upper limit on how much fitness you can have that 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 is beneficial for reduction of mortality. Like basically as fit as you can get equals the lowest risk of mortality, right? So dying from any cause. So, and, and you just don't see the sort of like the the sort of uh, guidelines around that. Normally they're very conservative and stuff with just about every other aspect in life. But with fitness, if you can go into elite zone, then, you know, your life is, 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 is tending towards excellent longevity and health. So, you know, you've inspired me to get back on the bike. Uh, yeah. You know, the things that come up with me, it's time consuming. It doesn't feel like it's, kind of uh i you know i think oh it's not it's maybe not strength building because it's more of really high reps as opposed to 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 muscle development but these are this is not true if if you do it enough you build strength and then obviously the endurance and it is a wonderful use of time if it results in results like you've had so uh i know it's not the full picture it's just a part of it but obviously it helps and i utilized stationary bike tremendously when I was, um, uh, after our wedding, we went to the United States on a two month, um, sort of post wedding experience and stayed with my wife's family. And I went to the gym every single day and I was on that stationary bike every single day. And I was measuring how far I could walk. And each day I'd, I'd try and my goal was to walk past the stop sign at the end of the street. And it was only, I want to say like a hundred yards. No, I don't know why I said yards. I was in America and like maybe 70 meters or something uh, without having to stop and adjust by sort of doing a quad stretch on my knee, because I just had to do that all the time. Anyway, when I, by stationary bike every single day and walking every day, I was eventually able to walk twice around the lake, which was near their house, which was probably like a few kilometers without having to stop and adjust and stretch my quad. So it is a fabulous form of exercise. And um, around the time when I was trying to avoid a knee replacement in Florida a few years or three years ago, uh, I went to the to the physio and the first thing they wanted me to do is get on the stationary bike. Like the after a calf muscle stretch, it's like stretch your calf muscles. Okay, now get on the stationary bike. So I mean, a lot of a lot of arrows point to it. And uh I'm looking and I still use it. I just don't I, I just do very, very high resistance intense sessions so that my heart rate is beating out of my chest. Um, but I'm also going to mix it up and do some more of what you've just described as well, because it's it's lovely to sweat, as you say. It's so therapeutic. We know from the science coming out of China that it reduces heavy metals and pesticide-based toxins from the body through sweat. So we know it's a therapeutic thing to be doing. And uh, and anyway, I just got on a bit of an excited rant about it because <laughs> of what you were saying. What else do we need to know, Mike, before we wrap this up? Are there some things that we haven't said that that you think are really important for people to know? I, I think a, a lot of people uh, go through 
the whole weight loss thing, um, which I, I know causes a lot of reaction from friends and family. You know, they look at you and just think, oh, my God, you are you are in a bad way. And I, I think it, it's just ignoring all of that and thinking the weight will come back in time and not needing to kind of rush to reintroduce foods and things just to kind of get back to that that weight um because of what other people think and i i personally did um you know realize that people were looking at you thinking what is wrong with this guy like he looks seriously ill and it it, it will come in time and i i think that's something that definitely played on on my mind for you know most of that period but um, i'm kind of back towards my my sort of previous body weight um now and you know it's been a, a year so it, it it will come in in good time don't stress a, a, about it and you know when you look in the mirror and you look like somebody else um then yeah it's it's all good um it's what's going on the insides that that matters the most um yeah that's a good reminder we all go through that none of us are um sort of impervious or or invincible against that social impact especially that make you feel like you're doing something wrong or because as we've said on previous episodes you know like most people aren't thin in a otherwise fat and obese society unless they've got something seriously wrong with them because so few of us ever make dietary choices that aren't indulgent and so if someone's skinny, they're like, that person's dying or something. Right? They can't possibly be just wanting to eat in a way that makes them look like that, <laughs> right? So, yeah. so um, or don't appreciate the cannibalistic effect on muscle tissue that inflammation has in parallel. And yeah. thirdly, the inability to do an adequate resistance training when your joints hurt like crazy. So a lot of things are all combining to to cause us to struggle with weight maintenance and um as you say you know the weight will come back and it's easier to put weight back on than it is to reverse dysbiosis and get rid of inflammation so we do the hard task first and then we can work on the the relatively easier task second <laughs> and i what one other thing that it, and it became sort of a, a bit of a, a ritual, but definitely w would help in terms of um, reducing that stiffness and, um, you know, the real severe pain. Uh, I, I used to have like a hot bath, uh, maybe in, in the evenings, uh, and, and I'd actually listen to these podcasts as well. And I, I think just hearing so one with the bath you know once you're you're out you kind of feel like for a moment in time slightly better again and um from there i'd make sure that I, I wouldn't be sort of exerting myself i'd take it easy before going to bed and it was one way to sort of just calm the system before um you know going to sleep but the podcasts, I think, really helped in terms of that sort of belief and, you know, hearing that other people have had great results um, or on their way to achieving something, you know, you can kind of get your mindset into, okay, this is going to be me and uh, it's just a, a matter of time taking note of all of the things that work for people and trying them you know some things will work some might not be for you and yeah i i think belief is is something that you've just got to hold on to and it, it's a journey but it it will it will come as long as you're 
you know making the right choices and um you're persistent and and patient i, I think that that belief will will come true mm. it is so true you have to uh picture yourself in that position hear examples just like you've said today of your own experience and they sit with you and they lift you and you actually feel this sense of you know what i'm going to i'm going to emulate some of these things and for the for a period of time it might be a day or it might be a few weeks there is definitely an elevated sense of i've got this come on get out of your head and get mm-hmm. into it whether it be the foods exercise whether it be to set some goals to picture a future for yourself and indulge in that sense of yep there's something to this i'm going for it and uh and and i believe you've done a wonderful job of of paying that back now and uh putting this out there for people to uh hopefully have that feeling from listening to your experience so mike thanks so much for sharing congratulations on the incredible transformation with your health and good luck with uh, all that will come from here and um, and everything that you want to achieve. I hope that your bike ride goes safely and successfully. And, uh, and I look forward to getting an update from you when, when you sub, sub yourself on for your short yeah. football <laughs> match. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you so much. R- really appreciate it really do thank you thanks for listening to rheumatoid solutions if you'd like to get more help to live an easier healthier and happier life visit rheumatoidsolutions.com